So, uh, welcome everyone to chat with Sandy and Karen. This is a part two discussion with some moms and educators and teachers and uh, professionals and writers and, and human beings. <laughs> I'm women. So, yes, women. And um, I am. Uh, I am just really excited that. Uh, you come back and we're going to talk about fun things today. Just what do you do for fun? And so we welcome Tracy, Yvonne, Anna, Shama, and of course, Sandy. And uh, just happy to have you all here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. So, um, Sandy, uh, just a quick review uh, for those that may not have seen the first episode. How did you pull all this wonderful group together? I just know wonderful people. <laughs> we'll pay you later. <laughs> okay, so I will start with I'll start with the the recent friends, Tracy and Anna. I've met on my course um they are like my um scaffolding oh. you know, they, every week we meet up and uh, we discuss about our our readings and then uh, there's Yvonne who I've known uh, it's actually quite funny Yvonne came into one of the schools I was working at with a big box of books and when I heard her speak, I thought, oh, she's such a Londoner, I have to speak to her. <laughs> it's true, in the Swedish environment, if you hear another Londoner, you're like, hello. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Where are you from? <laughs> hello. <laughs> Talk to me. Love <laughs> it. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, just the, and carrying those books. <laughs> So, so, yeah, so I've known Yvonne since, and I haven't let her go because I still need to hear from And Sharma, we went to school together. We did. Wow. A long time ago. A long time ago. <laughs> then we worked together mm -hmm. for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, That's wow. Cool. So, yeah, so I can say we grew up together. Had sort of married the same time, had kids around about the same time. Yes, and we you know had the same year. Yeah. <laughs> and we still look, we look younger than our kids, right? Oh, God, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do, definitely. Well, we don't act our age, that's for sure. I think we act younger than our kids act. <laughs> That's important. Yeah. It keeps you young. I think it does. Yeah, You've got to at least, um, yes, embarrass them at least once a week. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> in our contract. That's in the contract. When the children are born, we as parents are allowed to embarrass them. Yes. That's, that's part of it. Sorry. That's right. <laughs> Excellent. Right, so we have decided not to go through our normal planning and we're going to talk about everything as if we are sitting in a cafe and we are um, chatting. Yeah. 
Um, also, we want to celebrate International Women's Day. So, but we'll be doing International Women's Month. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So I'm trying. I've been trying to find out secrets. Hmm. All of your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> do you get to share them or do we share them? <laughs> mm. I think I like this. <laughs> <laughs> I think I hear somebody calling me. <laughs> it's all right, Karen. I'll pick on you last. Okay. Um, I think the hardest one was Tracy. Me? Yeah. Oh, I mean, like you couldn't find me online or? No, I just couldn't. So I couldn't find anything that you do. Like I was like, is she a painter? Does she cook? Oh, yeah. That I... means that you find stuff about us. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I... Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a, I'm not a painter. I do cook, but my husband's really the better cook between between us, but I do cook and I I like to. Um, but what else? I mean, I don't know. I guess I I play tennis a little bit. I've been trying to get into that just for having like a regular sort of social thing and see people and get some exercise and um when I'm on my like best zone. I do yoga at home. I started doing that during the pandemic, um, like the YouTube videos and stuff. And, you know, keep busy with school and work and children. <laughs> oh yeah, fact. Tracy can drive eight hours one way without a break. <gasps> oh, wow. I've that was five. I've did five hours once, but eight hours, wow. Right, because wow. a couple weeks ago, two of my girls and I drove the oldest back to Chicago for college. So, yeah, we mm. drove there. and It was a quick trip because you can't really stay or do anything in Chicago. So we just had to deliver her back to school. And then in the night and then drove back. So, yeah, 16-hour dri of drive-in and 36 hours. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Where does where does she go to school? DePaul. Oh, awesome. DePaul University in Chicago. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's a wonder. Um, I don't suppose my daughter will ever watch this, but uh, <laughs> uh, she went to a job interview in front. We live in Texas and she went to uh, New York, uh, upstate New York, which is hours and hours away. And uh, she forgot her passport. She needed her passport for identification. So my husband brought it to her. <laughs> wow. That was so sweet. It was like one of these things that anyone else, no, no way, you know, sorry, you just missed out, but she really wanted this job. <laughs> so oh, bless. we brought it to her. So that was, that was pretty. That? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead, continue on. <laughs> um, okay, so then Yvonne. Yep. Bakes cakes and then sort of like uh, makes everyone jealous who can't bake cakes. 
<laughs> they're rustic looking cakes, I want to say, with a very eager audience to eat it. <laughs> when I see people's decorative cakes, I always think, oh God, <laughs> more slapped, slapped together. But yeah, I like to bake. One of my children has an egg allergy. And I remember years ago um, when I couldn't really bake, going into a bakery and saying, could you just bake a nice cake? Because all the kids were having Disney cakes or whatever. You know, he would go to birthday parties and he wanted a similar cake. And so the baker told me, I was living in Belgium at the time, he was like, it's impossible. No, you can't make a cake without egg. And I hadn't done much baking. And I was like, okay, okay, I'm vegan. The life of a vegan wasn't really as popular then. Um, and so mm -hmm. I decided to start baking because I thought, no, my kid's going to have a cake. It's not fair. So he's never really had the Disney style cake, <laughs> but he has had all sorts of shapes of cakes and different things I've tried to make along the way. So, yeah, I've got into baking that way. And of course, now the world of vegans or recipes are ah, in abundance. I yeah. realize that it is possible to make a cake without egg. So I got into uh, baking from that but it's not pretty baking, but it's, it's tasty. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Yeah, so how can I... Yeah, eggless cakes are really popular in, in um, the UK. I felt yes. stupid, yeah, I feel stupid now that, but I just listened to him and I thought, yeah, maybe you're right, you know, hasn't got egg, mm -hmm. so you can't make a cake, but you're right, it is popular and it is possible, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Anna, dogs. <laughs> and she's always, you're always dog sitting, right? I'm always, yeah, we're actually fostering. We were fostering at one point three dogs and two cats uh, for people that have had to leave the country. Uh, you know, visas ran out and they lost their jobs and stuff. So, yeah, we're still with two dogs and two cats right, right now. Plus two kids. And do, they, do the animals get on okay together? Because they're obviously yes. thrown together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My husband said that for the first month, it was like a really tense marriage. You know, they didn't, <laughs> they couldn't be in the room too long without having a bit of an argument. But uh, it was amazing how slowly they learned it can it can work so it's been quite a, marriage counselors exactly <laughs> so yeah it's been quite incredible that you know that tension that they used to have and now like the cat will go up to the dog and they'll sort of nuzzle each other and stuff so i think they might miss each other when finally all the visas are cleared and they can go and be back with their original families um so yeah it's been quite a privilege to facilitate that union <laughs> love that but i have spent years saying no we can't have a dog you know we live we're expats we're living well away from family and stuff so we travel so much and you know this resolve of no we can't no we can't and then we've ended up with <laughs> copious amounts yes, of animals yep <laughs> them all in <laughs> it's been really good though yes and Sorry, we, we looked after a dog actually uh, last, I think it was maybe one or two summers ago for three weeks, just, just to give it a go. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> it was like having an extra little child. Uh, you couldn't Yeah, and you really do have to learn to cohabit, don't you? You have to figure completely. out each other's needs. Completely, and, yeah, yeah. Set those boundaries. Yeah, yeah. 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 The process. Yeah, it was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and it proved me right that my children won't wake up and feed the dogs and take them for a yeah, walk. And that was exactly. what I suspected. No, exactly. no, no. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it does get easier, right? Uh, oh, definitely. I and mean, the dogs are super old. They're very, very sweet, but they're about 12 and 13 years old. So, you know, we made a mistake of taking them on a five kilometer walk the other day and the dog got, got about 500 meters from our door and went, I'm done. I'm done. And my husband actually had to carry him home because he's a golden retriever as well. It's not a little puppy. So you're going to have to get him to go. No, I'm done. It was very cute. We were worried for a while, but he really was just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> so, okay, and then lastly, Sharma as well, full time job, full time mum, mm -hmm. and then you have a, a side hobby business you're doing as well. Um, yeah, with my daughter, actually, this started last lockdown. Um, because my kids they use body shop products. And mm -hmm. I was just purchasing my body shop products online and then it popped up, become a body shop at home consultant. So my son convinced me to do that. So we've been doing it ever since. Um, and in fact, this morning we were taking photos of products um, in little bundles to promote for Mother's Day, which is in two weeks time. So my daughter's taken the photographs, we put products together, taken photos and I'm gonna do all the captions to go with it. And we're going to post that on Facebook and Instagram um to get customers so hopefully we'll be able to get some sales on but loving it i mean it's actually helped me look after myself a bit more as well with the products that i use because where you're so busy i kind of let myself go a bit um but now literally i've got this whole skincare routine going my daughter's got skincare routine my sons have got skincare routines going as well. um, so it's, it's brilliant it really is i mean and every so often I keep seeing my husband nick something of mine. So, um, yeah, but it's fun. It's it's really, it's a lot of fun because there's a little team of us and I've never met these ladies. I've only spoken to them on um, chats or just like text messages, mess, you know, iMessenger, whichever. Um, so I've never met these ladies. They're all up north, but we work as a team and we have our targets, but we, you know, it's like we're bouncing ideas off each other. So it's really lovely to work with hmm. other ladies who are in similar situations to myself. But it's fun. It is mm. fun. I do enjoy it. Keeps me busy. So <laughs> the, five, busy. the five minutes you have free, is that's when you put your face mask on to test it, right? <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> um, well, the other, actually saying that, I do need to put a face mask on my son. I have said that to him today. He's having a Himalayan charcoal face mask on on him today Ooh. um yeah i know it's, it and it does do wonders for your skin so yeah just that little bit of pampering it's needed i think we all need to take 20 minutes out a day just to spend on ourselves it's you know it's for our own mental health it's for our our physical health just our emotional well-being as well mm. so, it's a big thing for me because i've got where i've got con a medical condition um I think it's important to spend time on me, not just mm -hmm. on everybody else around me. No, right. definitely. We need to uh, celebrate us. You need to celebrate who we are. Mm, absolutely. I've heard it said that if you've got to fill your own cup before you can 
fill others' cups, you know? You've got to spend some time on yourself. Yeah. To strengthen. Mm -hmm. Well, I've, I've okay. just recently um, taken, uh, I've been following this lady who's um, who does life skills. Um, and one of the thing, key things that I picked up from her was that where we do, as mothers and as ladies, what we do is we focus on absolutely everyone else around us and we put everyone else above our own needs. So, you know, feeding the kids, changing the washing up, all the everyday things we all put that first but we never put ourselves first and because we do that we just end up dragging ourselves further down into the ground and then you know we're not happy we're tired we're stressed out whereas if you can spend 20 minutes just on yourself it will make such a difference with regards to your emotions and you know where you feel better in yourself you feel happier then that way everyone else around you will be mm -hmm. a lot happier as well so it kind of bounces off you so it's just that focus on yourself it's really it's essential it really is but. so Karen shall we start on you oh I have no secrets <laughs> it's all out there it, all the, all, it's all out there what you got come on <laughs> so actually Karen is very Swedish Oh. <laughs> no, she does a Scandinavian uh, jump in, jump out. Mm -hmm. Yes. Hot. Oh, we started out, uh, we put together a hot tub at the beginning of winter, and we thought, yeah, wouldn't that be wonderful? It'd be nice and warm. We just hop in and hop out. But then we started reading up on a cold dunk a cold splash and um so the first up until about december we would keep the water in the tub at about 50 degrees just cold as cold as we could get it and it wouldn't get cold enough so we had to take these jugs of water and put them in our freezer and it's a good thing we have those jugs of water because that's what we used when our pipes broke <laughs> Oh, but we tossed the ice cubes in the hot tub so it's not wasn't really hot it was cold so we dunk and try to stay in there 15 minutes and uh then hop out and uh and then sandy told me that was a very swedish thing to do to be a we call it a polar bear club around around here mm -hmm. so yeah, we uh, call it crazy <laughs> <laughs> I know, I think so too. I can't imagine. But I, yeah, the polar plunge. Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't think I could do it, but you, you really can. And you'll stop shivering eventually. <laughs> but then what is it, like what's the benefit exactly? It's supposed to increase your circulation and, um, you know, okay. get the, the blood flowing. And I guess because you gasp and try to breathe so much and try not you know, when you first get in, it's just, uh, and I, and I scream loudly. So, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the whole thing. <laughs> and has it improved your circulation? Yes, I think so. I think so. Okay. And it gets me moving because I, you really hop out really fast and I go running to warm up and grab my towel. So <laughs> lots of benefits. It's not totally unscientific though in our household. It's just fun to do because we just, you know, we don't go anywhere anymore. So it's, uh, you know, we find stuff to do around here. 
<laughs> oh, Tracy, when you come um, towards the UK, you have to come over to Sweden. We'll take you to a Swedish spa. Yes, mm. I would love it. I would love that so much. I'll, I'll, I'll take you up on that. I'll be there. Yeah. 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 And Anna, we've got to get you out of a really hot climate. I know. And as much as I'm thinking, like, I know I can't go into cold water. I'm so terrible with it. But right now, oh, that would be quite nice, actually, because even our swimming pool, we have, all, like, it's not ours. It's like the little village swimming pool. Mm -hmm. um, it's so warm. It's so warm that sometimes we're not thinking, oh, I could do with it cooling off a bit. So, yeah, the idea of a cold plunge, oh, maybe I could think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> so what's your favorite song that will get you um, motivated and, I don't know, moving? That's a good question. It's times we were like last night, um, my oldest daughter had, her, had a friend over and my husband and I were um, like doing this little game that we made up on the fly that was like he would pick a song that like from like the 80s or 90s and then i would try to like match it so we were like you know like hey alexa play blah 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 play blah 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 because <laughs> i don't keep up with like current music very much i only it's like i only know the songs i already know well, what's yeah. your favorite one then tracy my favorite one i don't Gosh, I don't know if I have a favorite, but it's like if I um, like I love like listening to um, there's this like channel I listen to on Spotify that has like a mix of like Ryan Adams and Elton John, and then they'll throw in some like Oasis from the '90s, and then it'll so um, yeah. Mm. I like listening to music, but I'm not yeah. like passionate about like figuring out what I you know the singers and all that. My favorite time to listen to music is cleaning the house. So I listen to, I have a list that includes taking care of business and Stevie Wonder songs <laughs> and something to get me up and jumping around. That's, that's, that's when I, I don't commute anymore. So um, that cleaning houses, I, I need some inspiration. So I have, a, I actually have a list called house cleaning inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> How about you, Sandy? Oh, I've got things like um, I've got ABBA, Dancing Queen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ricky, Ricky Martin. Mm. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm very old school as well. I just don't know what's happened to the music these days. Um, I don't know. I just can't listen to it. Maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. <laughs> During our... It's just that, no, it's not stuff that. that you can listen to now. It's not like what it used to be with the music. Um, you know, now it's the lyrics. If you compare what the lyrics are now to what they were 20 years ago, the songs had meaning back then, you know, and it was it's just more lighthearted. The songs were they, were, they were really cool back then. I mean, ABBA, come on. Mm -hmm. Dancing, he doesn't love that, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. How about you, Yvonne? Um, God, yeah, I'm definitely Abba uh, and a bit of Dolly. 
I'm a bit of oh, Dolly Parton. Oh, yeah. right. I, I was lucky enough to see her in concert when my youngest was seven months. So I was like to my husband, okay, here's a two-year-old, here's a seven-month-old. I'm going to see Dolly for the weekend. And off I went. There you <laughs> go. Yeah, nice. But something we She's amazing too. I mean, mm -hmm. I just love her from her yeah. whole perspective that who she is and and how she's become who she is and her business sense. And I mean, mm -hmm. she, she recently donated a million dollars to the pandemic. I mean, she does matters that she doesn't talk about, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I admire her. Mm -hmm. I admire her spirit. I admire the fact that she's happy who she is. She likes her look. She, she doesn't worry what people think of her. I mean, she's mm -hmm. just, that's it. We worry so yeah. much. And that's the thing about women, we support each other, but we're also quite critical of each other. I think that men often don't look at our physique as much as a woman. And if, you, if you're looking at your shape, you're looking at another woman's shape as opposed to, you know, just, just being kind to yourself. So I do like, uh, I do like Dolly. So that's who I would listen to. Yeah. That's nothing to do Guys, with me. Guys, that's my daughter. Yay! <laughs> I was going to say, Yvonne, I don't compare myself to other women. I compare myself to the Michelin man. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, my God. I don't know how loud it was. For you guys but when my daughter came screaming through it was very loud for me <laughs> i think i thought it was a problem with my internet or or a small animal, <laughs> a small animal. <laughs> no it was my daughter i think we, oh have a house, we have a house of boys so when they play the tone is has always been lower so whenever we had a girl come and they would squeal i would find myself going oh <laughs> they have a, a high pitch that the boys have never reached even despite their shouting and screaming <laughs> girls are <laughs> yes and my four-year-old in particular is really loud when she screams <laughs> Will be the opposite. Ten years, he'll be the opposite. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how it works? If a child is really loud when they're tiny, are they quiet as a teenager? Is that a thing? Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. No, it just oh, yeah. <laughs> They go from one way to the other. So if they're really quiet and, you know, really well behaved when they're younger, <laughs> opposite when they're older they're loud ah. they your face, but if they're really loud and fiery when they're little they do calm down as they get older i know mm. i've got three of them i've experienced <laughs> <laughs> oh interesting so anna what's your favorite song or artist or hmm well, my, my children, we used to, I used to drive them to school once a week. They would go to a, a different school than me once a week just so that they could have French immersion. And we used to drive and sing a lot of Taylor Swift in the car. So since then, yeah. I oh. really like Taylor Swift. And then I watched her documentary. Oh, it was great. Was it yeah. Americana or something? I can't remember what it was called. But yeah. as another awesome woman, I really, really liked yeah. the way that she presented it. And so um, I, I don't like, do like listening to her. 
my youngest daughter loves Ed Sheeran. So I feel like whenever, even when yeah. she's not around, I'm putting him on. Um, but my neighbors have a little karaoke machine and they've just sent a message saying, do you want to come over and sing some karaoke after like tonight? <laughs> and my very first karaoke song every time is um, Sweet Child of Mine. It's always the one that I go oh. to to kind of get me into the karaoke spirit. So that's yeah, my go-to song. You know what? That's so funny because last night that was one of the songs I chose and I was like, yay, that's a good song. I also had some Taylor Swift. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, she's another strong, strong woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed her documentary too. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I watched mm-hmm. it as well. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I haven't seen it yet. Donna. Music? Yeah. Everything. My house, we listen to absolutely everything. I'm talking from... 70s, 80s, the 90s, um, R&B, we've got your um, New Romantic, like Standard Ballet and Simply Red, George Michael, I was a WAM when I was young, I was a WAM fan, so um, yeah, I know, and I am not ashamed of that, absolutely love WAM. My walls were covered with the posters, I had I had everything. So yeah, a true vampire. And the funny thing is, my kids, bless them, since they've been lit like tiny, they've had to listen to all the music I listen to. Literally in Got the car. To. My they, they were yeah. They know the words to everything, which is brilliant. <laughs> so um so yeah, you know, um Bon Jovi, Guns N' Roses band, you know, Simple Minds, a real mixture of stuff. Um so yeah, it's you know Ricky Martin. <laughs> Who doesn't like a Ricky Martin, right? Um, For all kinds of reasons. <laughs> just I was just mission. thinking of the car wash we went to. Oh gosh, do you remember that? That was hilarious. Oh wow, yeah, that, that was good fun. That was definitely good fun. But even music from that era, it was just amazing. You know, the sixties and seventies, love it. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, my I don't have an actual favorite. I will listen to a variety of music according to my mood and according hmm. to what I'm doing. Uh, but music is definitely something I like to listen to. And I'll, you know, if I can dance, I'll dance. So I'll be in the kitchen cooking and dancing. I don't care. Uh, if someone <laughs> walks in and yeah. sees me, hey, they can either join in or leave the kitchen. Simple as that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dancing will happen. It's just a bit <laughs> Karen, what about yourself? Um, I'm just, I, I love spontaneous dancing. <laughs> my, uh, my son, when he was about two years old, uh, it, the funny thing is, is uh, he, he dances when there's no music playing. He'll just start going. <laughs> And uh, uh, all his life, he just loves, he loves music. Both of them, and uh, they're twins, and they're in high school, they all, they were musicians. And music was always a part. But they like classical music, and they like big bands and swing kind of music. And they like or- orchestral music. And uh, so they got me into classical music, really. And uh, uh, so, you know, mu- music is a big part. I wish I could read music and play music but um i i really i really can't i took guitar lessons in college 
a hundred years ago. But um, the thing I think is amazing is that music is a language and it's, it's almost like learning a foreign language when, mm -hmm. when you look at it. And um, I, I just really, I think it's remarkable and it's uh, inspiring to, to see different kinds of music and just the create creative process of, of uh, just how, how different types of music are made. It's really, I think that's why modern music confuses me because it's so syncopated and angry and yelling and talking. It's not, it's talking music and I, I don't get it. <laughs> so <laughs> I just like, I, li I like all kinds of music as well. Of an well. evening during our evening meal, depending on what we're having. I've started this thing on Spotify where I'll say to the kids, okay, we're having Indian food today, so we're going to listen to Indian music. Oh. And then we had, yeah, and then we had tacos the other day. So I was like, okay, guys, what do you want to listen to? So we had some Spanish music going, we had a bit of Gypsy Kings going. And, uh, and then yesterday I decided it was going to be disco because it was a Friday night and we had that going. And uh, that was good for my husband and I, because we were like, oh, I remember this tune, a bit like you, Tracy. We were like, yeah, the boys were like, okay, <laughs> that's what happened. Uh, and sometimes in the morning I'll do classical music. I will just play different composers just in the background because it's interesting to see what music they like. And um, rather than always having to listen to individuals song lists and song playlists we just it's different genres i'm just like okay let's go with that so that's been fun they've enjoyed that that's it's really nice because yeah. i think different aspects of music appeal to different people i mean exactly. i had i love my cheesy pop and dancing around the kitchen but my exactly. husband is yeah. he's, he's he can play and he can sing but he doesn't so much as tap his foot to a beat Right. So, like, he obviously gets something so different from music, and he's um, a high school English teacher, and he'll often use sort of like the similarities between different songs and protest poetry. And he's yeah. recently been uh, studying. Do you know Childish Gambino? This is America. I don't. It's maybe three or four years old now. It was a brilliant, amazing song, and it was kind of had this undercurrent of well, overt discussion on Black Lives Matter. And it was just such like, you break down what he's saying and, you know, looking at it through the high school English lens, some of the lyrics are amazing, but it's not necessarily easily translated or easy for everybody to connect to. So yeah, it's what's really interesting I find is that my 10 year old daughter connects to that and she doesn't like, you know, she's much, much more like him. So she won't dance with me to cheesy pop. And when mm -hmm. she has like, um, when she has a, uh, an assembly or something at school, all of her friends would be dancing and somebody commented that she looked like Wednesday Adams because she like wouldn't move her body. She's like, I am not getting into this. But she can sort of connect to maybe the more political discussions within music or that wow. something more that's happening there that I'm, often completely oblivious to. So it's so cool that you can put on all these different like genres or these different styles and try and tap into it and ask each other, you know, oh, you, you're enjoying this. I don't get it. What's, what are you getting from this? Because like me and my husband are such polar opposites on what we, why we listen to music or, um, yeah. yeah. 
Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I mean, music can lift you out of a, a mood. It can sometimes you want you want to extend that mood. You might be feeling nostalgic, and you and you want to extend that mood. And of course, if you hear a tune, then you're transported back to being a kid or driving a car or or on a holiday. So I think music plays yeah an important part in your life. Mm. Well, following that, then Yvonne, or actually anyone, whoever wants to go first, uh, because it's the International Women's. Um, one of the things I like doing is inspiring girls into STEM education. I don't think we've got enough uh, girls going in that direction, or enough uh, women as leaders. Um, even though something is being trying to be done about it, I think there was a report uh, in the BBC this week in London, there's more women in the board than there were previously. So what message would you give to our female listeners or even male listeners that could pass it on to their female colleagues, daughters, anyone? Um, I think I watched a TED speech recently, and it was about how um, when we have young, if we have little boys and little girls with a little boy, he will climb the tree and we will encourage that. And then we'll say, go on then, jump, jump. And he gets a sense of feeling brave and feeling courageous. But if a little girl goes up, then we're like, hey, be careful, be careful, be careful. Let, let me hold you. Come on, come down gently and we'll guide that little girl down so she gets a sense of um being maybe slightly more um uh cautious and and the speaker was saying as it continues into education if you take a young group of kids uh, girls and boys the girls are actually more academically higher than a boy however when you go into uh, a job situation a man will apply for a job if he's 60 percent qualified 60 percent but the girl will be 100% qualified. So I think we need to say to our girls, it's okay. You, you, you have just as much right, just as much um, bravery, just as much whatever, knowledge as, as the males. And we need to, to start to tell them, jump from the tree. It's okay. What can happen? Yeah. Jump. We'll take it to the hospital. Leap. Go for it. I think, you know, we need to just say it's okay. I mean, I think for me, I don't know for you, Sandy, but in Sweden, um, like you'll go to see the boys playing football and you will see just as many girls playing football. You will see mm -hmm. just as many girls teams as boys. They are out there with the mm -hmm. ice hockey kids. They're out there with the football kids. When I went to school, my God, no, 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 no. Football is not for you. No, 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 no. You play netball. The boys play football. And I think it's time to blur those segregations. It's, it's, let's wake up. Let's, everyone should have a right. Boys should do girls' jobs. They shouldn't be boy and girls' jobs. It should just be a job. Whoever's qualified gets the position. They've changed um, a lot within the schooling in um, England in the sense that before it used to be a case that you'd have, say, for example, you'd have Lego out and you'd have the dolls out. And automatically, the girls would go towards the dolls and the boys would go towards the Lego. But now, because of gender equality and all that stuff, they've tr they're now doing it so that 
it's, lo it's only Lego out and they're encouraging the girls to go and build something with that Lego. Or if the dolls are out, if the home corner is out in, in the play area, then they get the boys in there as well. So they're putting things in there which would attract the boys to go to that home corner. And you know what? The boys make a mud pie. So, you know, out on the, on the cooker and things. It's fine. But that's what they're encouraging them to do. So our way of learning in the infant school at the moment, is, it's all play-based. Um, but it is about sharing. It's about it's okay for boys to do what the girls are doing, and it's okay for the girls to go and do what the boys are doing. So, drawing and things. You know, girls will tend to be more the ones drawing, but they're actually encouraging the boys to come over to do it by getting them to in, incorporate that within their games. So there's a lot more of that going on at the moment, which is really good because it just means that the boys and the girls are able to say, well, you know what? If he can do that, I can do that as well. Yeah. And that's the way they need to be thinking. And you know, parents are working that. A lot of the parents are working in that direction. They're quite happy with that. But you do still have a lot of parents who think, no, oh, no, no, no. If it's a girl, then she shouldn't be doing that. And if it's a boy, he should not be doing that. So you still got mm. a lot of that going on at the moment, which is quite hard to get out of people's, you know, mindset and to get them mm. to change it and think, no, it's okay for them to do whatever they want. But yeah, it's, it's something, but we've got to do it. We've got really got to have to push that as much as we possibly can. And I think if, as parents, I mean, with me, I've said to my kids, you can do whatever you want in your life. You can be whatever you want to be. And there's no, nothing to say you can't do it. And that's what I've been saying to them since day one. And, you know, look, my son makes a fantastic cake. My daughter doesn't bake, but my son bakes. So, you know, it's quite a lot of role reversal in this house, but that's the way I want them to be. I want them to be able to do all sorts of things. Yeah. Excellent. Hannah, Tracy. Oh, um, Yvonne, I've heard that statistic before too about yeah. um, women and men on the job market. And I teach some some semesters. I teach classes for college students where they're like getting themselves ready to get out there for interviews. And so I've I've thought about that. Um, and so I mean, usually. I don't know if I have a great, like, succinct message, but, um, you know, I agree with a lot of what has already been said. I think something else that I've noticed that I think is interesting when um, I ask students to evaluate their own participation in class over the semester, and oftentimes when um, men haven't spoken up in class, they'll say, they'll write down that the reason they don't speak up in class is because they're just, you know, like, they're just quieter or they um, just like to sit back and, and listen and they don't feel the need to, you know, come out and say what they think. And more often um, the women in my class are more likely to write down that the reason they don't participate in class is because they're afraid they'll feel, they'll, 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 they're afraid they'll have the wrong answer or they'll, or afraid they'll look silly, stupid in front of the class. And I've noticed that, you know, fairly consistently. And I've um, taken a, I've just made a point to, if I see, because uh, I teach management business classes and a lot of them are participation, there's a lot of participation involved. And if I see a female student who um, in her tests, she does really well, or she has a lot of interesting ideas that she writes about, you know, I'll make a point to, you know, say right on her test that um, I really enjoy seeing her ideas and that I would love for her to feel more comfortable 
speaking up in class. And if she wants to, if she wants to do that, to come see me privately and like, I can help her like with some strategies for feeling more confident speaking up. So that's something that I do in my, in my class. And almost every single time that's happened, somebody's come to talk to me later and said, you know, like, I do want to speak up in class. I just get nervous. And you know, what can we do? It's still, yeah, great they're offering that support, though. I do think that there is a, quite a gender disparity in how we expect people to speak. I was reading a mm -hmm. study that was done, I think it was it was maybe within the political arena when people are having a discussion, and it said for in order for um, people to be perceived as being competent, a man had mm -hmm. to speak, oh, I can't remember what word it was, but it was like, it was saying that you had to speak quite quickly and certainly. And then a man was considered to be competent if he did that. But if a woman did the, woman did the same, she was considered arrogance. And mm -hmm. actually the best way for her to be considered competent is to show hesitancy. And I'm not sure. And I think, and, um, uh, and it was, it was quite telling, I think, you know, especially when you hear females ask question in class and often they'll say, I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, like this apologetic, I, I actually need right. to speak or I'd like to, and oh, I'm not sure if this is right. And I do think that we develop those speech patterns. Mm -hmm. And then actually it's harder if you have those two people saying different things in different ways, it is easier to sort of trust that person that sounds really sure of themselves, even though the other person might actually be more factually correct. So mm -hmm. it, it seems to be this kind of just these differences in the way that we're encouraged to behave that have different results in how we're perceived. That is so true. You know, uh, everything yeah. y'all are saying is really deep. It's, it's, uh, who is, I'm sorry, did I talk over someone? No. Oh, Tracy, did you? Tracy, did you have something? Um, oh, I was just um, going to comment back to you, Anna, that, you, you know, absolutely, see that. And um, I had read that it might have been kind of around a, a similar study, but with political communication that women to be considered competent women also, they have to be competent, but they also have to be likable. And that's not the same consideration for men. It's a really good point. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. The, and you see that in classrooms too. Students evaluate male professors and male instructors, teachers differently than females. And one of the, you know, one of the things that always factors in is whether or not like she's likable. She has to be likable and smart and, you know, all these other things to be considered good, a good teacher. You yeah. know, also the same thing you'll find when people go for uh, another job and they get, they, women will stay around in a lower position job because they've made the friends and the relationships instead mm -hmm. of going for the promotion. Whereas a man, if the promotion is good enough, he will do it. There's no question about, Oh, well, they're going to miss me or, Oh, I really feel, feel good at my work and my, my job position now. So I'm going to stay here at a lower paying job. So, um, you know, it's a different, it, it's something I think, that we need to start working on as, as soon as possible with with our girls. And uh, I love the, yeah, it, when you walk into a room and you have a question, don't stand by the side of the door and say, uh, excuse me, I wanna, I wanna, I have a question, you know, walk into the room and ask your question. 
<laughs> go for that promotion, you know, uh, encourage other, other girls to do the same because it's, uh, it's inspiring to see that, um, that success happen with someone in a, and, uh, Tracy, I know you, uh, you probably get to see this as, is uh, success stories and, um, that's, that's really good. Um, it's inspiring to me, um, to know that, that you all are in positions where you can help, help young women, uh, be successful. So, um, I just really, I, you have inspired me and I, I thank you all for, for coming on and uh, chatting with us today. We've had uh, a great time, lots of laughs, lots of giggles and uh, inspiration. So uh, I'm, I'm happy to be a part of this uh, cohort of strong women. And I, I hope that you'll come back and visit us again. And uh, so Sandy, I'm gonna close it now and uh, say goodbye to Tracy, Yvonne, Anna and Shama. And uh, thank you again for being with us. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Bye. 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 Bye.